What is the name of Bobby Newport's cleaning lady? Answer at the end of the episode. I would like to go on record. Speaking as a citizen of Pawnee... I'm heard happily, and I just realized I'm not holding my microphone. And I will call my new Italian fast casual eatery the Locale Calzone Zone. And you can trust me, because I don't care enough about you to lie. Everything I do is the attitude of an award winner, because I've won an award. I made my money the old-fashioned way. I got run over by Alexis. Hello, hello, and welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns, episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. This is episode number 106, being recorded Sunday, February 11th, 2024. And today I'm going to be talking about season four, episode four, Pawnee Rangers. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast as well as my other page, at Parks Rec Memes. And just a reminder that this podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. What's going on, everyone? Um, I had a fun date night last night. It was our uh, annual daddy-daughter dance. So uh, me and my daughter, Natalie, we, at her uh, school, you know, we, it was, uh, the theme this year was Enchanted Forest. So we got all gussied up and um, I don't like dressing up. I actually hate dressing up. I, I dress up like once a year, usually for said daddy-daughter dance. We only got like two more of these before she's in junior high. So who knows if I'll be doing any uh, any more after that. I highly doubt it. But um, I guess I won't miss it, but I kind of will miss it too. But anyway, yeah, I get dressed up for this and um, like funerals. I feel like that's about it. I don't really go to weddings anymore. I don't know if any of my friends, uh, the ones who aren't married, probably aren't getting married. And, you know, that's cool. But, yeah, I, mean, I guess it's better for me because I don't have to dress up. And if it's in the case of a wedding, I usually have to pay to get dressed up. So, um, but anyway, so the daddy-daughter dance, some takeaways from that. It was fun. It's a good time. Just seeing everyone. Everyone looks nice. Everyone's dressed up. I would say probably 90% of the music that was played was Taylor Swift. That's not like a joke. That's not me being like, oh, Taylor Swift. Like it literally was. And I kept asking Natalie, it's like, is this Taylor Swift? Yeah. Is this Taylor Swift? You know? And I, I mean, it's just funny to me that that's just, I don't know if it's just because music is, and this sounds really weird. I know it does, but just because there's, you know, you've got AI stuff and, I don't know, like Sadie, my older daughter, she doesn't really even listen to music. Like she is so into just like her games and stuff and she loves reading and everything. But she what like when we're in the car, she doesn't care what, what we listen to. She really she never has any preference. But so is that like all there is for kids now? Like or like young girls like Taylor Swift? It's just weird to me. I mean, I know that's not true, but she is just so insanely popular that you're looking around and you're seeing all the because it's it's there were some moms there um mostly just helping out but i mean like you know it's, I'm, I'm sure there were a couple of moms there just in the case you know like we're a you know like a, a father figure or what whatnot a brother couldn't be there so it was like a you know mommy daughter dance but either way the um <laughs> the amount of people that i saw singing taylor swift and and all the men and it's just so funny because like we all just know it 
And and I'm not gonna lie, like I don't I don't put Taylor Swift on. I'm not lying here. I never voluntarily have, but like I don't care if if it's on. It doesn't bother me. I mean, like there's some people who just like fuck Taylor Swift, which I'll get more to her like um in the the, the football game that's happening later today. But it's just it was so funny. Uh, you, you and none of the guys like anyone who's singing Taylor Swift. They're all like looking down. No one wants to make eye contact with another man while they're singing Taylor Swift. That was an observation I made because there was, I, I know like a few of the songs. So admittedly, yeah, I would find myself kind of like, like sauntering away in my mind, just, you know, uh, just like small segments, but uh, like some of the ones like I'm looking around and it's like guys will be looking at, they'll be singing and then they'll make eye contact with you and they immediately stop singing and just look down like in shame. It was so funny, but it's just insane. I mean, like I said, how um, Taylor Swift just like rules the world. But uh, yeah, speaking of her and her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, there's a big football game on today in the United States, at least um, the superb owl. Listen, I don't know what what the guidelines are with saying the name of the game. Like I looked it up, I Googled it. And they're like, well, yeah, you can say it, but you know, you just can't like advertise it, whatnot. But I don't know how it works, so I'm not going to say it. But yes, the um, the gigantic uh, championship NFL game that happens in February. That game happens today in about seven and a half hours. I'm going to make my prediction right now. I'm going to say that the Kansas City Chiefs win 27 to 21 over San Francisco. MVP. I don't know. I I mean, it's got to be uh, it's got to be Mahomes, right? <laughs> Mahomes. Maybe Kelsey, Kelsey, like that'd be a huge one for, you know, Travis or well, uh, Taylor Swift and her fans that would, I mean, the NFL is just loving this. Like I, I and I, I, I'll, I'll go back. Let's go back 17, 18, 19. God, it had to, you know, whenever football started, I think it was after week one, I said on this podcast, I was like, yeah, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are dating. I bet you this, this last like three, three weeks and then they're done. Well, I mean, it's only been like three months, which which is no, it's nothing. It's like no, three months. I mean, that's nothing when it, for a relationship. That's great. They're still together, but um, yeah. So I just I'll eat crow. I was wrong. Obviously, I was totally wrong. But um, who knows? I mean, like I'm curious to see. I mean, like not not like I'm gonna like be checking Google and looking it up every day, but I am kind of interested to see what's gonna happen beyond this when the NFL season is done and Travis Kelsey isn't uh, on. TV every week, you know, so what, how are they going <laughs> to, how are they going to show this uh, relationship? So who knows if it will last beyond that. Um, and speaking of uh, going into my next question here. So Teresa from Germany, friend of the show, um, she sent me a message on Instagram, which I'll get to in just a second, but I wanted to know anyone else who listens to this podcast that uh, isn't from the United States or doesn't live in the United States uh the the big football game i'm talking about i'm sure you know what it is how does that affect your country i'm just curious because i messaged teresa months back and this wasn't about that football game it was about just a regular nfl game one however that was played in germany because the nfl does this now they'll play overseas and i might have even read 
her email, um, maybe just because it was topical at the time. But anyway, uh, she was talking about how popular the NFL, how, how big those games are. And just like, you know, like how far people will drive uh, to go to the games. And it's like in the United States here when you have like international football games or soccer in America, we call it games. I mean, like people like they're, they're played at huge football stadiums or whatnot. So um, I can understand the appeal when it's overseas. But uh, yeah, anyone else, if, if, if anyone listening to this is um, in a country, yes, other than, uh, or even if you're in Germany with Teresa, uh, other than the United States, how does this game affect, is it a big deal? You know, because it's the biggest thing in the, like, in the United States. I mean, like, pretty much uh, no other sports are going on do this during the Super Super Bowl, unless it's like, I don't know, maybe like really, really low college basketball uh, but yeah, hockey, everything. They're just like, you know what? We're, uh, we're going to be done by six o'clock. So we're not competing with the Super Bowl. Nothing wants to. So, um, yeah, let me know. Uh, speaking of Teresa, like I said, she sent me a message on Instagram. So she said, Hey Brian, I just listened to the latest episode and I have two thoughts about it. I'd like to share one. When you talked about Wii Bowling, I pictured Bobby Newport when he played Wii Bowling next to an actual bowling alley in his basement. That scene is hilarious. Yes, that is a great scene. And I didn't mention it last week because obviously you're talking about me talking about playing Wii Bowling with my daughters and um, talking about that because I went bowling with my cousin and his family. So, uh, yeah, of course, my co- my cousin Tim, a uh, friend of the show, uh, also a friend of me and relative of me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he he's pretty good with his Parks and Rec uh, knowledge, too. So when I brought the scene up to him, I was like, oh, you, you know, remember, of course, you know, the scene with uh, Bobby Newport. And, you know, he knew exactly what I was talking about. So that's funny you mentioned that, Teresa. Uh, and then, two, you said... My favorite scene from Born and Raised, which you didn't mention, I think, is when April calls Ron Lester to show that she understood his concept of calling people by the wrong name. Ron looks like a proud dad after she said that. And fun fact about birthplaces, I was a home birth in a place that doesn't have a hospital, so not many people are actually born there. The mayor even visits the babies from there. Uh, Sorry, but I moved away when I was four, so I was like Leslie, just born and not raised there. And I totally agree that your upbringing says more about who you are as a person than your birthplace. Have a great day. Teresa, thank you so much for the email. Uh, Yeah, I agree. That's where you're born. I I mean, I don't have a situation like that. I mean, like I, I was born in you know i was born in the hospital they're they're not the hospital where i would go on to live the first eight years of my life so when people are like where are you from i'll say yeah i'm from this place because that's where my house was you know i was born here this this town that was like three or four over but either way this is a dumb conversation but Teresa, that's awesome for you though however that you like a home birth that's pretty badass and yeah the part you're talking about (laughs) with her uh calling ron lester which is funny that's the second time or no the first time actually we hear the name lester used in this we also hear it later on in season six one leslie is at a convention and there's a guy called or there's a name tag that says lester knopf and Leslie's just like, oh, come on, guys. She thinks it's like her name screwed up. And then this the dude walks by and he's like, that's mine. And she's like, sorry, Lester. <laughs> that was funny. But anyway, um, the part you said, too, about how Ron looked over at April like a proud daughter. Um, that's actually it's funny you say that, too, just because it talks about how great the relationship. And actually, uh, for those of you who don't know, and I'm guessing that's most of you, Nick Offerman and Aubrey Plaza actually share the same birthday 
which is June 26. Obviously, they weren't born the same year, but they, they uh, share a birthday. So cool stuff there. Uh, so, yeah, Teresa, thanks again for sending the message. Uh, uh, as far as messages go, other messages that were sent to the show. All right. So first off, last week I was talking about animal attacks. Have you ever been or not 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 attacks per se, but like have you ever been chased by an animal, like a wild animal, not your dog, not your cat, not, you know, not an animal that lives in your your household or is a domesticated animal. So um, a couple uh, friends of the show reached out, uh, Shug. First off, he said he was golfing, and uh, I could see this happening many times with many people, but he was attacked by a red-winged blackbird because he was he was just like in a forest area looking for his ball, and the thing came down, and he said, I think his quote was, the fucker drew blood. So, yeah, red-winged blackbirds, at least in the Midwest and in, in, in Illinois here, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but... Uh, they are fuckers. They're very territorial. And I mean, I haven't had any bad incidents with them. I've definitely been dive bombed by birds before, never to the point where contact has been made. But yeah, the goose was the, the scariest one for me just because of how big it looked up close. But uh, yeah, thanks, uh, Shug, for writing in. And then the other one is from a dear friend of the show, Alf from Melmac, who must have been on Earth for this one. And uh all right, folks, uh, prepare to have your mind blown. So if you if you are newer to the show, Elf from Melmac isn't actually the alien elf from TV. He's my best friend, Mike. Uh, so anyway, uh, when Elf was growing up, when he was a little bit younger, he was out in his backyard and he thought he saw a cat. And this is just so funny. And I, I can't believe I forgot of this because I've known this story like forever since I've known Elf. Uh, because his mom would tell me this story all the time. And then his girlfriend uh, at the time would mention it too. But he was in his backyard and he thought he saw a cat. So he went over to pet it and it ah, turned around and it was a fucking woodchuck. <laughs> I'm sorry, Elf. But it's also so funny that Elf was going for a cat. You know, he was, he was totally going to eat that thing. He wasn't trying to pet it. Uh, so, Elf, yeah, thank you for uh, messaging me and reminding me about that. That's so funny. Um, and then, actually, uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about. And this is Parks and Rec related, It's which is a, a great segue into animal attacks. And this is kind of weird. Like, I didn't plan on doing this. This just... So uh, when I was actually... I was trying to come up with the trivia question for uh, the episode, and... If you haven't guessed already, I, ha I come up with the trivia literally as I'm doing it. It's like, oh, sh shit, like quickly. That's why most of the time they're stupid, like the one today. It's just like, oh, really, Bobby Newport's uh, cleaning lady? But I bet most of you don't know it. Anyway, so I had a question in mind, and I was thinking, it's like, all right, so that episode, The Possum, we know that Fairway Frank is the possum. And Leslie tells us the two other ones that were ahead of him, because Fairway Frank was number three on the Pawnee Most Wanted Pests list that's pests p-e-s-t-s -E not pets p-e-t-s so uh those two were poopy and Vlad. so i had that in, in mind but then i was I, I went on and i googled it just to make sure that that was right that that those two were on and sure enough the actual list popped up the one that they show in the episode and it was too funny for me to not share that with you guys on here uh, if you've seen the episode, obviously we're well past that. Uh, the Possum, I believe, is season two, episode 18, off the top of my head. 
And there's a part in there where Leslie is telling us that. So, of course, you know, like with that episode, they're hunting this uh, this possum that they call Fairway Frank because he bit Mayor Gunderson's dog, Rufus, when they were out on the, the greens golfing. So they're trying to take down this uh, this uh, this uh, uh, possum. Sorry. And Leslie shows us briefly a wanted sign that has the top 10 Pawnee like animals you know, pests again p-e-s-t that uh all right so here we go so i'm gonna post this on the instagram too so check it out when this uh when this episode posts but all right so it's the pawnee parks department most wanted pests list and it just says wanted real big in the middle like it looks like a, one of those old western signs all right so here are the top 10 uh <laughs> there's a lot of redundancy in here but just it, it's still hilarious all right poopy Specie, raccoon, offense, defecating in the high school cafeteria. Next up, Vlad. Specie, Indiana bat, offense, defecating at the city hall ba- uh, bell tower. Third up, our guy, Fairway Frank, species possum, offense, bites dogs, bites people, bites everything. Uh, next up, Zorro, specie, raccoon, offense, garbage rummaging, and thievery. I love that the thievery. They have to use that word for a raccoon. Next up, one paw papa, specie, you guessed it, raccoon. Uh, offense, contamination of reservoirs with fecal matter. So more pooping there. I, I don't know why this girl's called this guy's called one paw papa though. Like I'm looking on here and I I see four limbs and a tail. So. Um, unless the hand's missing. Not sure. Uh, next up, this one is wonderful. It doesn't really make a ton of sense based on the animal, but the the um, crime is amazing. Here we go. This guy's called Spike. That's with a Y. Uh, Species, porcupine. Now, at least in Illinois, I'm, I'm man, unless I'm totally, maybe I haven't been out of the county I live in, but I don't think porcupines live in the Midwest. So, Maybe it's from a zoo or escaped or something. But again, I might be wrong. And if I am, I apologize. But uh, this porcupine's offense, leaving used needles in the public parks. Isn't that brilliant? I mean, and real quick, I just have to point out just this poster. The fact that this poster was created for Leslie to show it to us so quickly that like, I mean, you can pause it and look at the poster, but I'm actually going to, you know, I'm going to post it for you here. But just the fact that someone made this. And if you listen to Parks and Recollection, there's at least one episode. There might be more than that. Episodes with uh, Gay Perillo is her name. She is the prop director of uh, just, or she was the prop director for Parks and Rec. And her team, I mean, the the attention to detail for just so many things that they've done on this show are just incredible. And this is just another one. I want this poster. Like, I'm going to look this up. Or, you know, if anyone comes across the wanted Pawnee Parks Department most wanted pests list, please send it my way. All right, back to the list. Wiry Riley. This one's tough to say. Wiry Riley. Specie, raccoon, offense, tripping the elderly. (laughs) Little bastard. Oh, God, speaking of bastards, this one actually looks mean. Jangle Bojangles, Specie, feral cat. Go figure. Most cats are pricks. Uh, Offense, streetwalker, infecting domestic cats for three years while loose. So essentially, this is like a hooker cat that is just spreading uh, STDs to other cats. That's incredible. Um, uh, I love the name for this next one. Lenore. Of course, it's a crow. Uh, excessive 
Excessive noise violations. Yeah, crows fucking annoying little. Next, I can't even say annoying little bastards because they're huge. Uh, and then the last one on the list, which is the what? One, two, three, four, fifth raccoon. Uh, his name or her name is Nuts with a Z. Uh, offense, chucking acorns at young children and the elderly. So this is, again, check it out on Instagram. Uh, for those of you who aren't on Instagram, I know who the few of you are. If you want this, just text me and I'll send it to you if you if you want context. It's not that big a deal, but it is very funny to look at because there's pictures with all of them. And then I have to actually point out, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry for the throat clears. I've been getting through some congestion. Uh, I have to point out there is the city of Pawnee, Indiana seal at the bottom of this page. I don't think I've ever seen this before. I probably have, but I've just never actually focused on it. This is so funny and it is so fitting because so it's a city of Pawnee, Indiana with a blue circle around it. There's like a sun up in the top and you've got like, it looks just, there's a, there's land and it's split. It almost looks like Pawnee and Eagleton. However, what this is showing is, is, there is a native settler standing over like a, a killed bison or a bull or buffalo, whatever. And he has clearly killed this thing like for uh, its fur or to eat, whatever. And then on the other half is just a more modern looking man who has just chopped down every single tree on, on his side. So I just I love that so much because it's like one is using, you know, like nature and that the animals probably like I said, I mean, like because he's actually wearing wearing fur from another animal he has killed but it's just like you could tell this is for necessity and the other guy just fucking chopped the trees that like and i know it's like you could say yes that's also for fire and things like this but based on how this guy's dressed they're just totally making it look like yep and then the white man came along and just fucked everything up so it's actually very funny and then i also love that at the bottom it says do not attempt to capture these pests on your own so all right, so let's talk about the episode of the week, Season 4, Episode 4, Pawnee Rangers, directed by Charles McDougall, written by Alan Yang. Cold open, we start off with Ron giving a speech to a group of boys telling them that Wilderness Weekend is here. That means no internet, no TV, and no phones. Ron tells us that he's been the troop leader for the Pawnee Rangers for the last three years. He even wrote the handbook, It Has One Rule, Be a Man. I think this was last week's... Uh... Was this last week's trivia question or maybe it was the week before, but either it was uh, uh, it was it was recent uh, in the other room. Leslie's holding a similar meeting. However, it's a lot more fun and upbeat. She's handing out badges to her troop, the Pawnee goddesses. This all started because five years ago, a little girl wanted to join the Rangers, but was denied. So Leslie started the goddesses and is very determined to get Ron to say her troop is better than his. So I have to point out um Leslie's very obnoxious in this episode, at least for the first half. And now I guess it's earned a little bit because like Ron, we, we saw in the episode, uh, the Sweetums episode, when Leslie was trying to, you know, obviously fight back against Sweetums because of how terrible they are. And Ron was just being like a total prick and he kept trying to like shoot Leslie down, say, you know, and he was right. I mean, it's like people should be able to like not for everything, but, you know, they both had like similar rights and wrongs but either way ron was just being like a total jerk in that one so leslie is in this one so i'm not gonna say that that never happens like you know it's like oh well, leslie's being unnecessarily you know like jerky or whatever because obviously ron's done too however um the thing that kind of like bugs me though how much shit she's given ron for this because she's like like literally it, it just gets so petty like same mine's better same mine's better it's better ron same mine's better and 
she keeps making like references just kind of like oh well i'm a woman so i can't join your group i mean they said that uh, where is this okay ron's been the leader for three years this incident with the girl not being able to join the pawnee rangers was five years ago so ron wasn't there for that decision but i mean like i i i and, and then leslie says wait where does it say here um so I'm guessing like Leslie started the the goddesses. It doesn't exactly say probably around that time, four or five years ago. So if the goddesses were there, clearly it hasn't been a big deal for like women being denied getting into the Rangers because now the goddesses are there. So does that make any sense to anyone? You know what I mean? So it seems to me like Ron kind of came in after this problem happened and now he's just been leading this group. And it's like, I didn't do anything here and then um no girls have probably tried to join because they can join the goddesses so i don't know maybe i'm crazy like i said anyone um if, you know, check it out or not check it out let me know what you think there so and ron had, ron even says he's like this has nothing to do with women either he's like this is just boys who want to go out and and do nature things and he's and like i kind of understand too like not not saying that it's like, well boys they don't want to be around girls because girls don't know like being out in the woods say more like i could see that as a good thing for it's like young boys it's like who don't want girls as as a distraction because it's like at that age like girls can definitely be in a, a distraction for like young like teen boys you know so it makes sense to me i guess all right, so now we're in the parks conference room where Ben gives Jerry and Donna shit for being behind on paperwork. When Donna gets snippy with Ben, he pulls rank and almost yells at her. Um, so I'm going to point out an inconsistency real quick. Uh, so she like tries to put Ben back in his place here by saying a joke. Um, she's like, whoa, what's your problem? Did, did Game of Thrones get canceled? Which would be funny because Ben's a huge Game, uh, Game of Thrones fan. But Donna also watches Game of Thrones. So I'm not saying that it's like, no, Donna would know that. But the joke wouldn't be funny because Ben would just be like, you watch that show, shut up. So it's like, even if she was trying to be like, you're acting like a baby, which is what the joke is. It still doesn't make sense because Ben, I'm sure Ben and Donna have talked about Game of Thrones many times. Uh, yeah, we find this out later in like, I don't know, season five or six when Ben and Anne are in the bidding war over the waffle maker from JJ's because they're trying to get it for Leslie. And <laughs> Ben's screen name is tall Tyrion Lannister. And when Ann asked about that, Anne's just like you, or I'm sorry, Donna's just like, you don't watch game of Thrones. And that's when the awesome quote, she's just like the Dothraki. She's like, man, everyone on that show, they can get it. <laughs> it's awesome. But anyway, so yeah, I just thought that was a, a bit of a, like, Hmm. Like when you go back and watch the show, knowing that Donna will become a huge fan, it's like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense for her to make that joke. So, uh, however, Ben's response is great as he sarcastically, he's just like, he's like, no, everything's fine. And then he's just like, God, plus Game of Thrones would never get canceled. I mean, it's a great show that means great human characters. And he starts getting like really passionate about it. And then he just stops. He's like, just please do the paperwork. So he is right though. I mean, it didn't get canceled. Uh, they did go out on their own terms, even though uh, that final season was uh, questionable. Uh, in a talking head, he tells us that there's not much keeping him in Pawnee anymore. As we see him gazing over at Leslie, the woman he loves, but can't be with. Next, we are out in the wilderness as the Pawnee Rangers and the goddesses begin their wilderness weekends. Ron surprises the Rangers with two gifts or at least what Ron Swanson considers gifts, a box and a canvas tarp. 
Uh, he tells them that they have 10 minutes to make shelter. So literally, he's like, he gives them a box. He's like, here's your gift. And the second a gift is inside the box. And he just tells them this is the most valuable thing in the world. And just like, hey, make yourself some kind of a shelter. Over, over, yeah, over at the goddess's cabin, we see that these girls are living like well, goddesses, I guess. Uh, their cabin is uh, it's completely furnished. It's like wonderful. It even has a fireplace. They then go around the room and show what they all made for craft time. Uh, Anne Perkins, who I don't even know why the hell Anne's with them, but I guess she's one of the troop leaders. So um, she's always good spirit and a team player, you know, like she's pretty much just on this trip to kind of like almost be made an example of because it's like it's there's some funny scenes actually with Anne in this one but um she's pretty much like disappointing everyone though uh even to where she shows us the corn husk dolls that she made right before throwing them into the fireplace because it's like yeah one of the girls it's, oh, i can't remember who that what the name is but she's like i made it in a stein and it's like the person yeah god i should should have looked that up but yeah so Anne made these corn husk dolls and they were horrifying so she just chucks them in the fireplace and like no one even stops her like leslie's not even like oh no Anne, don't do that she just kind of watches her like yeah just do it you you know you have to um so then april uh who april i'll just point it out now april and andy are very um they're not very like they're not really in this they don't have a good storyline they're just kind of like extras but andy's got like a few funny jokes i guess a few lines but april doesn't really do much except this she shows us that uh for her project she put a drawing on her arm she made like a tattoo and it's just of a pioneer woman being trampled by a buffalo so there's just like blood everywhere and all the girls are like whoa so they're all excited and they run over you know and leslie's just like what the fuck <laughs> she's like of course all right folks the next scene is one of the most iconic in parks and rec history here we go First off, we hear some hip-hop blasting from out in the hallway. And I have to point out, actually, the song that is playing, this is the same one, and I don't know who sings this song. I don't know what it's called. If anyone knows, please tell me. This is the song. It's the same one that we saw in, uh, what is it, Lil' Sebastian. So the, the finale from season three, when Ben hits the button. What? Nope, it wasn't that one. It was the, the sorry, the the intro, the the finale for, or the, ugh. The season opener for season four. When Ben hits that party button, the song that's playing, it's like, it's all right, it's all good, it's okay, whatever. It's it's an awesome song, but like that's the same song that's playing in this one. So DJ Blunts, he comes in, and I, you know what? I gotta, um, I didn't introduce DJ Blunts. We did meet him in the episode Little Sebastian the first time they showed us the the Entertainment Seven and Twenty headquarters because I believe Tom pointed out that he's our like our resident DJ. DJ Blunts. So yeah, he comes walking in. Uh, he is played by Adrian Ziegler. He will appear in three episodes and he's essentially Tom's like hype man. He's just like, it's so funny. He carries the boom box, like how we used to like old school, like when you carry it like on your shoulder, like right next to your head, which is hilarious. Cause like the fucking speakers are blasting into your ear. But anyway, uh, Tom has a special surprise for Donna. Treat yourself. Donatella, T-Mobile. Three words for you. Treat yourself. Treat yourself 2011. Once a year, Donna and I spend a day treating ourselves. What do we treat ourselves to? Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances. Treat yourself. Massages. Treat yourself. Mimosas. Treat yourself. Fine leather goods. Treat yourself. It's the best day of the year. The best day of the year. 
So Donna is very excited. However, she kind of puts a wrench in everything when she asks Tom if Ben can come with. Tom, of course, says no. And I love that Tom's only reasoning that is like, he's like, this is the one day a year I get to be selfish. I, it's just so funny because even Donna's like, yeah, that's true. But like, of course, Tom's a selfish prick. It's like, that's that's what he does every year or every, every year, every day of the year. So back to the wilderness weekend, more of Leslie and the goddesses just basically like shitting all over the Rangers because Ron's trying to actually teach the boys something about nature while Leslie's group learns other essential skills. So like they actually, Leslie's teaching them. There's, there's some things in there, obviously that are like pillow fights and whatnot that are, they're literally like planned, but Leslie actually is teaching them some other crafts, like, uh, you know, like, sewing and things like that so they're they're learning things it's just ron he obviously he he values what his boys are learning higher because it's nature and it's outdoor and whatnot but mostly the just the again like leslie in this group like in this episode i mean she's just like she's obnoxious and she's like talking shit to like the pawnee rangers too like the little kids essentially so it's just like eh, it's i don't know it's it's a little much but uh we we do find out what the agendas look like for both groups so for the goddesses Hiking, Capture the Flag, a puppet show about the Bill of Rights, lasso training, and a s'mores off. And the Rangers, only one activity planned, not getting killed. <laughs> Over to the Parks Department, Chris notices Jerry working all alone and tells him that he can leave for the day if he wants. Jerry then invites Chris out to lunch with them and his daughter, but Chris declines. Uh, I just have to note, still with the stupid hair for Chris. Okay. As Tom and Donna leave, uh, they're going to head off for their uh, treat yourself day. They notice Ben sitting on the bench alone eating soup. It's just too much for Donna as she tosses the soup and makes him come with them. So this is just amazing because she's like, get in the car. You know, and he's just like, what the hell is happening? Like he literally he's like scared. He's being like abducted. But he's he's eating a, a cup of soup and Donna's just like no soup in the car. And she just grabs it and just chucks it like you hear it like like you hear the spoon hit the concrete and you can hear the splat like the from all the noodles it's just so funny to me that like i mean like donna just littering like that not like i mean literally's bad like it's it's all bad but i mean like as opposed to ch chucking out like a gum wrapper versus just like an entire person's bowl with a fork and everything just like just <laughs> chucking it so good uh back over to wilderness weekend the goddesses finish up their pillow fight like i said they literally had a pillow fight uh planned and leslie gives out awards for that uh the amount of personal money leslie spends on things like this is just insane i mean i don't know if these girls pay like for the for the to be in the pawnee goddesses because it's you know it's it's very similar to like girl scouts or like brownies or whatever daisies so i don't know if it's a similar pay system because jesus the uh Girl Scouts of America, it's like everything you do, you volunteer for things and you have to pay for it. It's ridiculous. I can say that both of my daughters have been Girl Scouts and it's 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 weird. Anyway, uh, suddenly there's a knock at the door uh, at the 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 goddesses cabin and it is Darren, one of the Pawnee Rangers. OK, got to point this out here. Darren is played by Jacob Bertrand and he only appears in this one episode. Why am I pointing this kid out? Well, he's on one of the biggest shows on the planet, Cobra Kai. That's right. This little guy will go on to play Hawk, um, the sometimes likable, I guess, but mostly unlikable because he's just a prick and he's annoying and he's just kind of like a stupid character. But he's also a pretty badass character when he's on the good team. But anyway, yeah, uh, uh, Jacob Bertrand, he also 
uh, voiced Gil on Bubble Guppies. If you have children, if you are close to my age, if you're in your 40s or if you're, I don't know, if you have younger kids now, if you know what Bubble Guppies is, he's Gil, the, the one with the blue hair. I don't know if he still voices Gil, though, now because he's gotten much older. However, um... But yeah, so I, I just thought that was kind of funny. A lot of people didn't know that when I posted that on the Parks Rec memes page. It's just like, hey, because everyone knows what Cobra Kai is. It's, like I said, it's one of the biggest shows, and I, admittedly, I love the show as well. Uh, also, I have to point this out. <laughs> this is actually just like more my, because I've done so many deep dives on this show. All right, so there is a boy from the Pawnee Rangers because when I was on the IMDb page looking through, because I just wanted to, I was doing research for whatever I saw. One of the boys is named Chignoli. That's all it says, Chignoli. So I pointed it out when I covered the episode. It was, um, what was it? It was the first episode of season three. So almost a full season ago, uh, go big or go home. When there is a boy on Ron's team named Chignoli, because he's just like, way to go, Chignoli. And I pointed it out because it's such a funny, specific name for them to give. So then the name is not used in this episode, Pawnee Rangers, but I love that. And I did go back and I actually looked in uh, the episode, Go Big or Go Home, and there's no one actually credited as Chignoli. So it's funny that Ron was just, they didn't give the name to anyone because he wasn't talking to anyone specific, at least that we saw. We just heard him say, yay, way to go, Chignoli. So that's so funny that the name was used again. All right, uh, back to the episode, though. So Darren, uh, the boy I talked about before who knocked on the door, he is here because he doesn't want to do boring ranger stuff anymore. He wants to be a Pawnee goddess and have fun. Leslie is shocked at first, but then she quickly begins boasting that her club is better than Ron's. So, like, it's awesome. Like, Ron is totally shocked at this, too. And I love that he's like, you're defecting. So, like, it just the, he uses the word defecting, which is a military term. Like, when you're leaving your military to go fight for another country. So, I love that Ron uses it so intense like that. Just him going to, like, switching troops is him. Like, yeah, it's equal to... um yeah, uh, leaving your country for another. So um, where am I at? Sorry. Uh, but just then, uh, Leslie actually becomes like very hypocritical, telling Darren that he can't be a goddess because he's a boy. So, and so it's like, really? Like, that's just how quickly her answer is. It's like, oh, sorry, Darren. And it's like, she knows, like, she's, Leslie's a, a, like aware of what she's saying and how it's like well yeah i know that it doesn't look great but um you know it's it's just it's kind of like i don't know maybe the writing's a little loose here that leslie's just like no you're a boy <laughs> so uh we'll get back to that though uh we're back with ben donna and tom who are getting a spa treatment ben however cannot relax especially when he sees donna come out doing her best pinhead impression pinhead from uh the hellraiser series that is because she is in the middle of acupuncture and her face is just like littered with needles so uh yeah and uh, yeah she's trying to calm ben down too but i mean just seeing that is making him so like uh he's just so on edge next we meet jerry's daughter millicent played by sarah wright she will appear in a total of five episodes so i have to say the first thing that you catch like that catches our attention is her beauty now we haven't met jerry's wife yet played by christy brinkley so that's why it just makes it all the funnier that when we meet his daughter here it's just kind of like Oh, wow, that's funny. Like, Jerry actually, he made, like, a beautiful daughter. He created good-looking kids. And then we see his whole family, and it's like, holy shit. So it's a great joke that will pay out. Um, not just, a, like, even Chris. Like, he's conveniently just like, 
wow, you know, like not conveniently in that sense, but all of a sudden he's just like, yeah, I retroactively uh, changed my decision to go out to lunch with you. So now he's interested, of course. All right. Uh, back to the goddess's cabin. One of the girls asked Leslie about turning Darren away and says it's just like five years ago when the Rangers did that. Then another girl chimes in and agrees. Just then, Anne comes in, smiling ear to ear, asking if anyone wants homemade peanut brittle. But then the first girl, her name's Lauren, she's just like, Miss um, Perkins, please, we're in the middle of a debate. And it's just in, Anne's just like, sorry, and just lowers her head and walks away. It's so funny because this girl just like basically like, shut up, bitch, like move along. <laughs> it's so funny because Anne's so excited too to like share this peanut brittle just because she's been like, like I said, she's like the butt end of all the jokes and everything. Not not jokes, but like she's just been kind of like being shut down. So she thought she'd be badass coming over with peanut brittle. And they're just like, hey, not now, lady. Uh, so she cowers away and uh, they decide that they're going to have to have a public forum on the situation, which is great because it's kind of coming full circle. Leslie's just like, oh, my God. She's like, I've created a bunch of monsters. And she's like, I've created a bunch of Leslie Nopes because they want to have a public forum on this. Uh, back to treat yourself day. Ben tells us that he's the most, or that he's like, he's getting the acupuncture now. And he's just like, this is the most stressed out I've ever been. Like, so, I mean, like we're getting quick, like inner spliced, basically just cuts of uh, what's going on with uh, Jerry and Chris. And then also with Ben and Donna and Tom. So it's like kind of quick. And, and there's a lot of that coming up, actually, like a lot of bouncing around. So they're just going to be like quick, like couple, like a paragraph and then we'll move on. So uh, quickly back to the lunch with Chris, Jerry, and Millicent. Everyone seems to be having a great time as Chris is very obviously interested in Millie. Uh, back to the wilderness public forum. The, the debate has begun. Should the Pawnee Rangers be allowed to join the Pawnee goddesses? Ron is called to the stand first and he very quickly says, this is a waste of time. And he just sits right back down. The kids have some valid points, though, some for and some against. Then Darren speaks. And this is great. They're just like, all right, Darren, get up there. He just goes, it's cold and dirty out here. And you guys have candy. I want the candy. That's his argument. <laughs> uh, back over to Tom, Donna, and Ben. Uh, they're now shopping in Eagleton. Like, I love that the, the plaza at the mall in Eagleton is called Nirvana. Just the plaza is called Nirvana. And I think this is also funny because Tom's the one who's talking about it. He's the one telling Ben about Nirvana. The last time, uh, I don't know why I'm sorry I keep saying Nirvana, but uh, the last time Tom talked about the band was his reference when he was just like, Man, Pawnee, you know, it's not the exact reference, but along the lines, he's like, people in Pawnee are so far behind. A lot of people are just now getting into Nirvana. And then he's like, I don't have the heart to tell those people what happens to Kurt Cobain in 1994. So I always thought it was a hilarious joke. You know, some people think it's kind of like touchy, but it's still it's a very funny joke. And um, I just love that. Uh, I, I can't think of any other Nirvana references in Parks and Rec besides those two. And I just like that Tom makes both of them. Uh, then we get a sense of Tom. Uh, we just get like a scene of Tom and Donna modeling clothes. It's like a quick montage. It's just like, well, I can't afford this, but what should I do? Treat yourself, you know? And Ben is just like looking at the camera like, what the fuck? Like, they're, they're going to buy all this stuff? Like, it's just that simple to just waste your money. Uh, over to the Parks Department. Chris asks Jerry permission to date Millie. Of course, Jerry says yes. And then Chris hugs him. And I always love this scene. This is actually one of probably my favorite, like, I guess if I had to say like a Jerry and Chris scene, there's not like a ton, but there's some, but 
Chris hugs him because it's almost like, thank you for letting me date your daughter. And Jerry is just like awkwardly standing there, you know, like, cause he's being like bear hugged basically. And then after like a couple seconds, Chris is still hugging him and Jerry just like finally like embraces it. Like he like closes his eyes and he's like, Hmm. and like rest his head a little bit it's just it's a very good scene because yeah again like jerry doesn't get a lot of attention from people it's like the one when he goes out with uh ben and tom for the day and ben's asking him like hey how, how's the family and jerry's just like why are you asking me this like he's almost like defensive about it because he no one ever asks him so he's just kind of like well why do you want to know but yeah it's awesome when jerry feels loved uh back to the wilderness forum as ron tells the boys about how important these life skills are, a woman shows up with a bunch of puppies for a puppy party. Of course, it's like great timing. Uh, Andy, of course, he's like the first one that's like, oh, puppies, and runs over and just like interrupts everything. All right. Um, at the Eagleton Mall, Tom and Donna persuade Ben to actually buy something to make himself happy. And he buys, this is so great, a full head-to-toe bat suit. Yes, I'm talking Batman, like, batman the, the character like the i don't i don't don't recall which one it was it looks more like vinyl and like more boxy so it's probably one of like the uh the the original like the tim burton trilogy or like the um god joel joel schumacher the ones he did i'm not i'm talking not the christopher nolan ones and then obviously not like the dceu but one of the older ones possibly michael keaton but it is so funny because like ben probably he spent like hundreds of dollars on this so while he's giving like us these looks like tom and don are just wasting their money he just spent like and maybe even back then before they could make easier knockoffs with like cheaper material like they do now this thing probably cost like 700 dollars. <laughs> it's an awesome suit uh but then ben like he just starts crying like he really needed this day like you know the bad suit it's like that's not gonna help the actual situation which is obviously the leslie thing i mean like this is finally like just getting to ben He's just like, he's very sad. And he tells Donna and Tom like what's going on, but he just, they have no idea that he's talking about Leslie. So they're two of the, the you know, actually there's uh, not a huge list of people who know about their affair, but um, obviously they kept it from uh, Donna, who is like a huge gossip queen. So good for them. So um, yeah, it's a good scene though, but it's, it's actually, it's even funnier based on how Tom, like the face he makes when Ben starts crying, just kind of like, the fuck he's like no man he's like we're not here for that <laughs> so uh back to the wilderness retreat we now see all the boys and andy joining the goddesses they're doing like the actual chant to get in and then they uh they celebrate with a puppy party so i say they're doing a chant like they're actually leslie's telling them like or she's saying out loud what their like their mantra is and the boys are repeating it back and then they all get uh inducted or whatever or they're uh initiated into um the goddesses with an awesome puppy party later leslie finally realizes she's being a jerk and apologizes to ron she says that she respects the rangers and that ron's a great troop leader he knows that too but he says that the kids have changed he tells leslie her group is better and then he heads off to bed so it's like a bittersweet thing for leslie because like she's right like her her group is just better she has if the goal is I mean, they are learning things and she actually is teaching these girls. Ron's not teaching the boys anything because they don't want to learn. So I love that he says that. And it's not him making an excuse. He's just like, hey, it's like, that's how the world is. He's like, kids just, they're not, or at least like they, a lot of them, they, they don't know what they're in for because of just how kids are kind of brought up now with technology and things like that. It's, it's a lot harder to find kids that yeah actually want to go out and do things the old way. So 
All right, so uh, back at the mall, Ben explains to Tom and Donna. Well, or, oh, okay, I guess he does it now. I thought it was already. He tells them why he's so upset, uh, telling them about Leslie but not calling her by name. And then uh, Tom humorously, this is a good one, actually. He looks over to Ben and he just says, why so serious? <laughs> of course, the famous line by Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight as Joker. Uh, back to the wilderness Anne uses this is a, f- a funny scene with Anne. she uh she all of a sudden she's fishing and she pulls the she pulls this giant fish out this thing's huge it's like three feet long and we find out she's just like wow look guys and everyone's cheering for they're like wow miss perkins is great my favorite part about this is that she's like thanks d money so i assume she's talking to that kid darren but i love that his <laughs> d money it's fucking hysterical thanks d money <laughs> so good but anyway um she tells us that she bought this fish like at the grocery store before or actually maybe she snuck away who knows because she was just being like just treated like like bad so she did this to just try to impress everyone and she's like yep and for a little bit a bunch of teenage boys were really into me and then she's just like that sounded awful but i just again i love that she called uh, the kid d money so uh ron however uh i mean he's like on the other side of the lake he's just packing everything up and he's like nah he's like i'm leaving you know and you're kind of like dude you're acting like a baby but at the same time actually now that i think about it ron's like responsible for all the rangers so i don't know if maybe they had to like sign waivers or something over being like hey you got to get these kids home because i'm leaving so that doesn't seem at all like something that could have really happened like they could have ended the thing early but i assume all of the kids would have had to go back with ron and uh andy i guess all right uh back to chris jerry uh and millie oh sorry no this is just chris and jerry chris tells jerry that he and millie had a great first date also that they fucked like chris is actually like a huge piece of shit for the the few episodes that he and millie date like not on purpose but it's like he just keeps rubbing it in Jerry's face. Like, and then there, there's a Halloween episode. I think the next one, yeah, meet and greet. There's a Halloween episode there. And like the two of them are dancing in front of Jerry and they're like grinding on each other. So I guess it's on Millie too. But like Chris is his boss. So he's actually ethically being like very inappropriate. But yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a funny scene because Chris is just like, and also she slept over. Have a great day. And Jerry's face like is just like, it doesn't change, you know, because he's like in shock what he just heard. But yeah, it's just like it's totally inappropriate. So uh, when Ron gets to work, though, this is like I said, this is the next day. There's a group of kids waiting in his office. Kids from uh, the retreat, both rangers and goddesses. They say that they're here for the new club that they read about in the newspaper. Ron's just like, what the hell are you talking about? The girl, Lauren, the one that was in Leslie's group, she hands him and we hear Leslie's voiceover as Ron reads it. It's for a new club that Leslie came up with called the Swansons, Pawnee's most hardcore outdoor club, which is welcome to all genders. Ron gives them a quick speech and then takes them out to show them how to properly dig a trench. Then we get the tag of the episode, which is a hilarious scene of, uh, yeah, this is the best scene with April and Andy. It's the tag because they're, they they're barely even together in the episode. But uh, they're at home, and April is complaining that the internet's not working. So Andy's complaining, too, and they're, they're yelling out for Ben. Ben is in his room, and he comes walking out, and he's still wearing the Batman costume, or either that or he put it back on. But he comes walking out and he just like brushes. And I say brushes because his cape is like. So he he walks past April, who is just like her head's now on a swivel watching him. Andy, too. Neither of them are saying anything. They're just watching him. And he bends down. He's like underneath the, the, the desk. 
you know, and he unplugs it and he just like plugs it right back in. She's like, it's still not working. He's like, well, give it a minute. You know, just like it's, which is so funny. It's the same conversation every person has had in their life, whether they were the person that was like, it's not working yet. Or they were the person that was like, hold on a second. Cause everyone knows it's like, yeah, if you're in it, that's not working. Like most things. Uh, first thing you do is you unplug it for a second and see if that works. And a lot of times, like with cell phones and everything, if your phone's like stuck or it's being an asshole, turn the screen off for a second or shut it down and turn it back on. It usually starts working again, but it's so funny to me because then he, he literally, he walks back to his bedroom and as he walks around the corner, he like, like he tucks the cape, like he pulls it like Batman would if he was walking around a corner. It's just, it's so good just because it's so subtle. Like it wasn't like not, not much writing went into it, but just the acting and everyone's response to Ben, um, his, his costume is so good. Cause April and uh, Andy are just kind of like, Whoa, like, <laughs> all right. So on IMDB, this episode got an 8.2. Um, I agree with that, I guess. I don't think it's like a great episode. It's got some good scenes. And um, of course, we're introduced to Treat Yourself. So that's awesome. Uh, speaking of uh, my thoughts, Treat Yourself, uh, the introduction. This is kind of like Galentine's Day. This is another thing that Parks and Recreation came up with and it like brought to fruition and made it like a pop culture thing. And I actually I was looking this up just to see like the, the significance. Treat Yourself Day is apparently a real thing. So you can actually I think you can buy greeting cards for Treat Yourself Day. And I, I, I did hear at like Target, I think you can buy Galentine's Day cards, but Treat Yourself Day is a, is on October 13th. That's the uh, observed holiday. And that's funny because that is, uh, I had to check, that is the day that this episode aired. So I guess it's kind of a joke, but I did look it up. I mean, some people do consider this a holiday. Clearly, you're not going to see that on calendars, but it's like, if there's a holiday for everything, this is the day for Treat Yourself. Um, Leslie, uh, being kind of a jerk in this one, I pointed that out with all the boasting and everything. And I talked about how it's similar to Ron and the, the Sweetums episode where he's being an asshole. Uh, so I get it, but it does get a little, little annoying. And then, yeah, just when Ron, when I'm sorry, wow. When Leslie says, um, no, you, you can't be in here because you're a boy. Like essentially it just, it's the exact, like the, why the whole thing is like starting Leslie, it's just that easy for her to say that, like, wow, wow. Very hypocritical. Um, I, I like that Hawk from um, Cobra Kai is officially a citizen of Pawnee. He is Darren. Uh, we meet Jerry's daughter, Millicent, who will become a recurring character. She is, um, I don't know, She, her and Chris date for a little bit, but then after that, she just kind of comes back. Uh, a couple times, Andy and April essentially sidelined for this episode, so that kind of sucks because they are two of the best characters. But that's going to wrap up this episode. If you'd like to contact the show, citizensofpawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast and at Parks Rack Memes. Next week, I'll be covering Season 4, Episode 5, Meet and Greet. Thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name's Brian, and I'll see you next week. Bobby Newport's cleaning lady is named Yolanda.